Blog Talk Radio. Well, anyway, I thought we were having an intro, but I guess we're not. Anyway, this is uh, Good Afternoon. I'm Elizabeth Black, and this show is Into the Abyss with Elizabeth Black. I'm a writer of horror, dark fiction, fantasy, romance, and erotica. My latest book is my medical thriller, Roughing It, which is available at Amazon for the Kindle. My guest today is Walt Boss, supervising sound editor for the TV horror comedy I, Zombie, as well as a writer. Just for our listeners' information, Walt, we met over 20 years ago when I came to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, to work on your indie horror film, Immortal. You were writer-director, and I was key makeup, including effects and assistant special effects. And boy, was that a lot of fun. So, um, like I said, I met you. It it was just pretty amazing. uh, I remember the ad. It was was on a site called Above the Line, Below the Line. And I just saw you there, and I thought, huh, this could be fun. And uh, I don't know whatever happened to that site, but this you. was back when you could find stuff like that. So just uh, just for an intro, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, well, um, I'm originally from North Carolina. I grew up in Winston-Salem and uh, went to school there. And then I went to uh, UNC, Chapel Hill. And uh, then we made this crazy movie uh, after graduating. And then I decided to move to Los Angeles. So that's where I reside now. So let's see, I moved in 1996. Uh, so been out here a good while now, and um, my main uh, my main gig is as a supervising sound editor. Uh, so I work in, work in post production sound basically, um, and I mainly work on TV shows. Um, my current show that you mentioned, yes, is the is I Zombie on the CW network, um, and uh, which is just coming back for its fourth season uh, this uh, this fall. And um, and then before that, I worked on a show called The Following with Kevin Bacon. Um, I worked on the Grey's Anatomy spinoff, Private Practice, for uh, five years. So just different shows, some that went for a while and some that didn't, and various little TV movies and things. Uh, I worked on a few independent features. Um, I, did the, I did do uh, the Veronica Mars movie. Uh, which was really awesome. Um, but um, so I mainly am a supervising sound editor. I'm in the union, and then I'm also uh, a writer, director, producer. Um, and I just currently uh, just finished a, a digital series uh, that I uh, wrote and directed, uh, and I'm just finished post production. And so I'm getting ready to kind of put that out there. Um, and that's so, that's the new thirty, right? That's, that's the, new, the 30. new thirty, right? It's called the new yeah. thirty, um, and it was a shot the pilot, kind of self-funded the pilot, and then did a Kickstarter actually to raise money to shoot the other. There were five more episodes, and so we shot that last summer, uh, and then I just finished the post-production, so I'm just getting ready to have a kind of a screening out here in LA, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to sell it because uh, there's so many you know places now you can that need content that are, you know everything's turning to streaming uh, now, so um, lots of you know, places are popping up and they need content. So I'm hoping to sell it. If not, I'll be putting it on YouTube and creating a channel and hopefully, you know, can get some people that like it and follow it and uh, then maybe do another Kickstarter to do a second season of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, that's what's going on right now. That sounds like plenty. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it sounds really Good. exciting and, and so much fun. I mean, it's a lot of hard work because I used to do that, that same line of work, and it's exhausting, but, you know, it, it's it's just incredibly fun. But um, I want to go back to the beginning, back to Immortal sure. when you were first starting out. So uh, briefly, what is Immortal's plot for my listeners so they have an idea of what we're talking about? Ah, uh, um, Immortal is about um, a guy in a band um, who um, thought he was a vampire. Um, so it kind of took place in this kind of underground uh, college band scene. Uh, and then, so it was about his journey, uh, figuring out that he actually wasn't a real vampire. He had this blood disease. Um, so, and then he had a relationship with his manager and it just kind of went through uh, telling, you know, his story about his struggles with this disease uh, and his music and, you know, who he loved. And it was was kind of, it was kind of an interesting, we kind of mixed a bunch of different genres. It was a little horror-y. It was um, a little black comedy. It was a little drama. It was 
a little bit of everything, but it was mainly centered at that time when we shot it. The college music scene was really huge uh, back in North Carolina and Chapel Hill and Raleigh and Durham. And so we kind of combined, mm-hmm. we kind of used what we had, basically. Uh, we had access to a lot of bands. Um, we both, the guy that I did it with, Steve White, um, we worked at a movie theater together. Um, and so we kind of hatched the plot. And originally it was going to be a short film. And it just kept growing and growing and growing, and people were getting excited about it, and then we just kind of turned it in, decided to turn it into a feature. So um, it was mainly uh, his, one of his friends was in this band, and we kind of used them as the main band of the movie, and uh, we turned them into actors, which is not necessarily a good thing to do <laughs> most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, you learn. Yeah. Well, it was I was 21 at the time, so you know that's when yeah. you have no fear at this, all. Was this uh, was this your first script? Was Immortal your first um, script? I had written some things before, but um, you know at that point I was I was taking film. I was in you know the little North Carolina film, I guess school mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, so I was writing. I had made some short films there, um, but this was the first. Uh, this was probably. The, one of the first features uh, I wrote, and I wrote it with Steve, so we mm-hmm. were writing back. And forth, so. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask no, if we you were doing alone or if you had. A, yeah. I thought you and Steve. No, we, were, we wrote it together. Yeah, yeah we wrote it together, um, which is an, another interesting challenge when you write with somebody. Um, oh yeah. You know, you're meshing, you're meshing with, you know, you're dealing with a whole different perspective, and you have to make it work. And sometimes it works great, and sometimes it's, you know, it doesn't. And um, so it was a challenge. I mean, we, and we totally, you know, it was a crazy thing to do at the time. And we were, we just went with it cause it was so much fun. And then people just got excited about it when we told them and everybody just wanted on your board. And, you know, in North Carolina, there's this spirit of helping and mm-hmm. you just, people just help you. They want to be, they want to help you. Um, it's just that in, kind of independent spirit and, um, which is very different than, than LA. Um, so well, how, how did you get your crew so like, together? How, how did you find everybody? I mean, I know I know how I found you, but how did you find everybody else for your crew? Oh, for the, for that movie? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. I um, I well, I know that there was that you know that that ad like you found. Um, you, you know, I honestly don't really remember what what we did to find all the crew. I mean, I know. Uh, Steve had worked with their, the DP, uh, Jay Spain. Mm-hmm. He had worked with him. Uh, Jay did a lot of um, uh, like corporate video, and had, Jay had shot some mm-hmm. short films at, at the time, and he was living in Raleigh. So once you get, you know, I think once we got him, he knew people like grips and, you know, lighting, and, and then, you know, you can advertise for production assistance and stuff. And so uh, I think it just, once we grabbed somebody else, they knew somebody else that did this. And then, Oh, they knew somebody that did makeup. And then, Oh, they knew this person was a production designer. So I think at that time, because it was so different, it was more like, Hey, do you know anybody rather than let me just post Mm -hmm. an ad here and then get all people. So, so it's um, mainly word of mouth, that sort of thing. I think it was pretty much like, yes, just once we got somebody, it was mm-hmm. kind of like, well, who do you know? <laughs> and then, well, I know this person. Okay, well, let me talk to them. And then, yeah. you know, it just kind of, just kind of that's that's mostly what I remember. I, I, knew, I do know mm-hmm. that the line producer we got from was living in Florida, and he actually drove down for the shoot, and I'm not, not I don't even remember how he got involved. <laughs> I don't even remember yeah. where we found, but I do remember he, he drove down and stayed down here for the shoot. Uh-huh. Well, oh, okay. This was this was uh, one of your first scripts. So, what did what was um, one of what were, what were some of the more difficult things about writing the script, especially if you're collaborating with someone? I think one of the um, well, one of the biggest you know things you have to figure out first is are you are you writing this for for you to make or you know are you going to be involved in this or is this are you trying to you know just write this and you don't care you just want to sell it or whatever because that you mm-hmm. know if you're doing it yourself you have you can't write these elaborate you know unless you have a lot of money you can't write elaborate set pieces you know you have to remember like well what's my budget going to be what do I have access to so that was a big thing that we knew that we were making this ourselves so we had to we couldn't yeah. write anything mm-hmm. crazy that we couldn't make happen 
you know, we couldn't write. So I'm, I'm looking into really my, complicated. I'm looking into writing my first screenplay. So I know what you're talking about as far as, uh, I mean, the people that would, would put it on don't have a huge budget, so I can't do a lot of special effects, especially for a horror right. movie. So it would have to be right. some light practical effects and just concentrate on the acting, that sort of thing. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah, keeping, you have keeping to, the budget in if, mind when you're writing a script. Yeah, if you're doing it, if you're doing it yourself, you just have to remember. Okay, what do I have? You know, what 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 am I gonna be able to afford? You know, what can I make happen? And we, you know, we had to do that because we knew that we were making it, so we couldn't write any crazy stuff that we couldn't shoot mm-hmm. or couldn't afford to shoot. So that was the biggest thing. And then the the next thing was just right. It was to mesh our ideas because Steve and I didn't always agree on on things that should happen in the script and where we should go and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of wanted it more of a horror movie, and he wanted it more kind of black comedy. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you when you're working with someone, you have to you have to kind of make you know you make your ideas work together, and you have to you have to give up things, and you have to compromise. Yeah, yeah. So that can be that can be mm-hmm. that can a lot be a of negotiating. You know? That right, mm-hmm. that can be a real challenge. Um, yeah. So. Well, um, one thing that I really liked about the movie was that you had so many different bands in it. Because I remember, um, uh, well, this, uh, this was in the 90s when I think right. Chapel Hill was a bit of a, a band mecca anyway. Mm-hmm. And one of the bands that you had in there was Squirrel Nut Zippers, and they caught on later at the, uh, the Swing Revival of the 1990s. And that, that was, I, have, I have their CD. I mean, of all the groups that you had up there, they're the ones that I like the best. And they're the ones oh, yeah. that actually you know, did, did fairly well. They did. I couldn't. So, I mean, it, yeah. when I look back on it. I realized, like, wow, we did have we we had some fans that that did actually go somewhere, and you know, and it's mm-hmm. I don't know how I really don't know how we got all those fans to be in the movie. I mean, I know the Squirrel Nuts. Um, they were just they were super nice, and um, yeah, they they were. I mean, we had a connection to. I think Steve had a connection to one of the guys in the band, and. Um, they had just, they were just kind of forming and playing. And so, you know, we knew that we wanted, we knew that we wanted to have club scenes, you know, we needed club scenes with bands playing like at the Cat's Cradle and local 506 and these other yeah. places in Chapel Hill. And, um, and they were a different kind of band, you know, and it was, it would have been it, visually, it was, it would be really cool because it's a different kind of music and, you know, there's, uh, uh, so, and then we had Archers of Loaf which were they were oh, already yeah, big in that scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to get them, I mean, I remember at the time people were saying Madonna had come to one of their shows and had wanted to sign them and doing, you know, and so they were really in that college scene. They were really up there, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how we got them to be in the movie. I, <laughs> it still blows my <laughs> mind, kind of, because for for you know at that time they're you know. They're just—it's kind of like going to celebrity and saying, "Hey, would you, would you want to do this? You know, this little movie." And um, and we had um, Greg Humphreys from Dylan's Fence. We shot this whole thing with him, and um, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty—it was pretty at the time, you know, it was it was—it seemed really easy to do. And then I look back on it and mm. I think, "Wow, how did you do that?" Because it's so difficult today to get. One of the things I I dealt with on my um, web series was I wanted to get some music, like some artists in there, not just you know mm-hmm. performers. And the the all the red tape that you have to go through now to to get that. There's a master's mastering license. There's a sync license. You're dealing with different you know companies and and it's expensive and you know you just can't do it like you did. Yeah, it's, it's not as informal um, as it used to be. No, 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 nowhere near it. And what, one of the bands was uh, Vertigo Joyride. Is that the name of them? Right. Vertigo Joyride. They were, they were the, they were right, the ones Vertigo, that the main lead the in main the movie band. was. Yeah. It was his band. They were, yeah. yeah. They were an actual band. They were friends of Steve's, um, and uh, they actually, you know, were a band. And so we we made them the band in the movie. You know, we just made just mm-hmm. made them act. Yeah. Made them act. You know, so <laughs> so. Uh, um. But you know, and the, all the music was very different. I mean, it was. It, yeah, know, yeah, it was. Yeah, it had a whole stuff. wide variety good, of different styles. Yeah, we, and, you know, different singers. And we, had a, we had a CD come out. You know, there was a small label that did the CD from you know music from the movie, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff that I think would be super hard today to do. You know, we we were able to pull off uh, just on the spirit of 
the people of, that lived in North Carolina, you know, at the time. I mean, it mm-hmm. was just, I found, I do remember the biggest thing was, you know, if you, if you want to do something, everybody wants to be a part of something in most, you know, most things. Like everybody, everybody mm-hmm. wants to, to, to be a part. If you're, if something's happening, like most people want, so they want to be involved. And so if you start something yourself, um, even though if it's, you think it's crazy, you know, people, people do, they, they like to be a part of it. They like to tell other people about it. You know, um, they just, people just like part of something. And I remember once we started telling people like, Hey, we're going to make this movie, you know, everybody just wanted to get jump on the bandwagon, um, because mm-hmm. nobody was doing that. And it was like, we're making this feature film, you know, come help us. And like, everybody got excited because. Yeah. I, I saw you around was, and I jumped on it. Yeah. It was something, it was something they could talk <laughs> yeah, about. It you know, looked like and, a good opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but that's in general, I'm just saying in general, that's, that's people. Mm-hmm. I find that still here. Like when you do something, you know, people, people want to be involved. Like if something's happening, they, they oh, want to yeah. jump to it. So it, it just takes that nerve and that guts to, mm-hmm. to actually, you have to, you know, start, you have to make it happen. And then I find that people still will still like jump on and you'll find people huh. that'll, that'll help you out. Mm-hmm. But. Well, I'd, I'd like to move on from Immortal and go to the new 30. It's uh, I was listening to the Dennis Anyone show, and you were interviewed on that one. And I know that right. the new 30 is about a group of gay friends. One of them is approaching 40. So could you tell me a bit more about the show? Like, uh, just give a brief description of the plot. Sure. Um, well, you did a pretty good job. The, the new 30 is oh, okay. about uh, – <laughs> the new 30 is basically about a group of mostly gay um gay friends uh, who are living in Los Angeles and they're all kind of turning 40 or in their forties and they're just discovering how, um, you know, they kind of thought at 40, you know, you kind of, everything would be kind of, you know, figured out and situated, but they're finding that, you know, just because you're in your forties doesn't mean you have, you know, everything's perfect and everything's worked out. Yeah. And I really based it on um, a bunch of, a bunch of, my friends and things that they're going through because when I looked online, uh, usually most gay like digital series or web series are pretty, in my opinion, like they're not very good and they're usually about like twenty somethings or yeah. um, they're just not they're just not done very well and and I didn't see I didn't any of the stuff that I know I didn't see those stories being told at all. And so mm-hmm. I really wanted to show, like, hey, there's this whole other, you know, there's this whole other, uh, there are all these other stories that, you know, no one's telling. And so um, I just wanted to write about these these people because uh, most of my friends who are gay, like, they're all in different, different, very different worlds. Like, either, you know, some mm-hmm. of them are married, some of them have a kid, some of them don't, some of them are still single, some of them are you know, starting over, and I just wanted to, to show that. And so um, it's kind of a blend of, uh, I always pitch it as kind of Sex in the City meets uh, Looking, which was this uh, gay show on HBO uh, recently, mm-hmm. uh, meets it's 30-something, which was a show in the 80s. Uh, and yeah, I remember 30-something. Yeah, meets, meets Soul Food, which was this um, primarily uh, African-American drama on Showtime. And so it's a kind of a blend of all that. Um, but I just wanted to tell these, these stories that I didn't see, I didn't see being told anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, so yeah, so we wrote the, I developed it with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and, uh, we wrote, and we wrote all the episodes. That would be together. John Sobrock. That would be, that's be John, John Sobrock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. John's a filmmaker yeah. and I, I'd come up with the initial idea and I, I wanted some, I wanted somebody to do it with just because, it would help me mm-hmm. not have all the responsibility, basically. <laughs> so, so, so we, how did we you and, how did you and John meet? Um, actually, I was in a bowling league um, for uh, back in mm, early two like two thousand five, six, seven, eight. So I was in a bowling league, and uh, one of the guys on the bowling league, uh, his name is Quincy. He ended up um, his boyfriend turned out later turned out to be John Sobrek. So I met John through Quincy at the bowling league. And it was weird because in that bowling league, I used to bowl with Kevin Hart, who is now huge, you know, and, uh, 
like some of the Wayan brothers were in this bowling league, but at the time it was mm. it was just really it was very casual, like it wasn't it wasn't a Hollywood thing or anything like that. It was actually in Burbank and it was this little thing. But anyway, so I met John through Quincy who used to be in my bowling team, basically. And um, Okay. So yeah. But uh John's kind of well, um, stepped back. What's, what's the status of, of the show? What's the status of the show now? Is it is it finished filming? Do you still have some episodes to film yet or, or what? No, we're I just finished it actually. Actually last night I was at, at Paramount. Oh. Uh, I work I work for, for a company called Technicolor Sound. Technicolor has a big uh, a building on the Paramount Pictures lot, and um, actually they're mixing trans the Transformer mo- Transformers movie there right now. But mm-hmm. um, I was there last night uh, finishing. Uh, I was, went back. I went back to finish some uh, in the mix uh, for all the mix of the episodes, the sound mix. I had to adjust some things, so I actually finished last night. <laughs> Uh, funny enough. Oh. Um, so so I'm I'm completely done uh, at this point, and I'm getting ready to have a, a screening on the 29th here in, in L.A. Like oh, a well, well, congratulations and, and good luck. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so okay. much. Yeah, I'm excited. And, um, well, this is this is well. I'm just thinking this is another case where you're well. There's a co-creator, but it's another case of collaborating. So, what right. advice would you give, especially to writers who want to collaborate? Like, I guess, personality similarities, having the same vision, how to write a work together. I mean, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to collaborate with another writer? Hmm, very good question. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, there are a lot of pluses and there are a lot of minuses with collaborating with someone. Um, uh, as far as, you know, you have to figure out, first of all, how are you going to do it? If you're, if you're writing with someone, you know, are you always going to be writing together in the same room? Are you going to take turns writing, you know, things back and forth? Are you going to rewrite each other? Um, it can be really tricky. I think the biggest thing is mm-hmm. I think you need to have a good relationship with the person um, because it's a very personal thing when you're, when you're you know, when you talk about when you get into writing and, and people usually, you know, writers are kind of, usually strong with their opinions on what they think is good and what they think is not good. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can, you know, if, if, if you can, you know, it's, I think it's important to have a good relationship with the person because you're going to be, you know, you're going to be, you can't be hurt. Like if someone says, well, I don't like that, or I don't like what your idea, you know, you, you, you have to be able to just roll with it. And that's, yeah, that's you have to be things. open to all possibilities. You, yeah, you, yeah. You have to be totally open and you have to be open to compromise and change, and you have to be open to say, like, hey, this, this, your, your person, you know, the person you're writing with, their idea might be better than yours, you know, and so you, you have to be willing to, to just roll with that, and you can't really get offended, mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to be flexible. Um, so the good thing is, you know, you've got two minds going, going at it rather than just one, so you, you have, you know, they may think of something that you don't, and it might be better. Um, and mm-hmm. then you can also share the load, um, and you can feel, I think you can feel better about what you do because you've got someone else who you, you are, obviously you respect them as a writer or you wouldn't be working with them. And, you know, you've got, so you thinking like, oh, well, this must be pretty good because we both think it's good. Um, and so you kind of have double the power, but the challenges are that, you know, you have to figure out how are you going to write together? You know, how are you doing it? Um, and it, and if you're by yourself, you know, you can write anytime, anytime. And you're you're only restricted by your own restrictions. But when you have someone else, you know, do they have a really? Are they in a relationship? Are they going to devote the same amount of time that you are? Um, are they as committed as you are to the project? You know, um, you mm-hmm. have to discuss all that ahead of time because you don't want to get into it. Um, you know, in the middle of it, and then they go, well, you know what? I've got all this other stuff going on, and I can't write with you right now. And then, you know then you're kind of stuck if that something like that happens. So you really have to be open and, um, you know, communication is really the key to, I think, writing mm-hmm. with someone. You have to be honest and uh, well, direct. Okay. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Well, um, uh, as far as, let's talk about dreams for a second here. If you were to have the dream collaboration with another writer, who would that writer be? <laughs> um, <laughs> so many, gosh. so many. <laughs> right. Um, I probably, um, I'd probably say, um, Stephen King, 
uh, would be pretty mm-hmm. amazing because horror, horror, just because horror is my favorite genre. Um, so, um, you know, I think, I think I've always, I grew up reading Stephen King books and, um, I think just writing something with him would be pretty amazing. Uh, and then also, no, I definitely I work, agree with you on that one. He, he's, he's, he's my dream collaborator too. So <laughs> I also worked with, um, Kevin Williamson who created, who wrote the movie Scream, um, I, oh. I worked with him. He created uh, the show. Uh, you know, he created Dawson's Creek, uh, which yeah. was actually filmed, mm-hmm. filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then um, he did Scream, which kind of really like that's what got him going. That because that movie mm-hmm. was you know he uh, started the whole thing in, in the horror genre. Um, but I worked with him on the following, and I had, din- had dinner with him actually a couple weeks ago, and we chatted, and um, I, I think it'd be. I think writing with him, to, you know, together on something because he loves horror, and I'm just working working on his projects. You know, I'd love to write something with him, but uh, but I didn't approach it. Oh, that, <laughs> that just, would be great. I, I just well, had a nice little them and we just chatted about stuff. So, um, but well, you know, who I would who would be your dream collaboration if you were to collaborate with a director? Um, as far as um, what kind of collaboration do you mean? Uh, if I'm collab, like I'm writing something for them oh, to direct, oh, like co-directing the co-directing the way that you did with Immortal, that sort of thing. You know what? I would never co-direct again. I would never oh, okay. That. I would never do that again. That didn't work. It did not work for me. Why, why didn't it work? Um, because you have uh, two different minds. Um, you know that you and you you basically you basically forced to um, compromise more than what I would want to um, because you've got a whole you've got a, you've got a whole another person you have to to you know in the writing stage I think it's different uh, but when you're directing yeah. uh, you know I know I know like brothers do it a lot which I totally get because you're you're mm-hmm. you know, most you're like the Cohen brothers, brothers. yeah. Yeah, or the Russo brothers, um, uh, the guys that do the Duffer brothers that did Stranger Things. Like, I totally get it mm-hmm. why they they do it together because you know they're brothers and they have a they have a mind meld mm-hmm. thing going. But um, yeah, uh-huh. it just didn't work for me just because I think you know usually you kind of have one vision, you know, when you're directing and when you have to mm-hmm. we ask to other people's visions that can just cause problems and and I just remember like it it was fun but but I a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do I didn't get to do and I don't mind writing you know compromising and, and doing it that way but when I was just when I got but the, not as a director when I got in the director's yeah. chair I just, it just it just didn't appeal to me I just learned like oh wow okay like I, I can't do my style we have to combo and do a combo style mm-hmm. so it's a different animal you know but it totally well, works doesn't that also interfere with, doesn't that also interfere with the, with the uh, with the project like you'll notice one style in one section of it and then another style in another and it clashes too much Is that, has that kind of thing ever happened that, that you know about too many styles um, in one piece well absolutely and I think that was mm-hmm. one of the things with with Immortal um you know, I kind of wanted to make it more of a horror movie, and Steve wanted yeah. to make it more of like a black comedy kind of thing. Yeah, he wanted a comedy, and we had to, we know, kind of mush, tried to mush it together, and so it turns out to be this hybrid, um, you know, thing. Um, but um, I, I think that that is a big challenge. You, you, you know, directors have have their own style, and so if yeah. you're not totally in sync with the other person. You know, if you don't agree ahead of time on how you're, you know, how you're going to shoot something, what, you know, what, what do you want the look to be? What if you don't, if you don't work all that ahead of time, then you can have problems. Um, and mm-hmm. when you when you're on set and you, you know, you're pressed for time and you got everybody yelling at you, you don't want to have those problems. You know, you want to have one yeah. vision that's everybody's in sync with, and usually it doesn't happen that way. So. Um, maybe maybe it's key to just be a brother, you know, get your brother or sister and do it together. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's probably be better that way. Yeah. Well, as far as the new yeah. 30 goes, uh, how many episodes are there? 
There's six. There's six episodes. They're about 15 minutes six each. Six episodes. Yeah, there's six episodes, so okay, it's about and, an hour and a half you, when you string it together. And I believe you have a GoFundMe page for it, or or not? Because I was wondering no, how you raise money for we, a project we, like that. Well, we did it. We 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 shot the pilot ourselves. Like I directed the pilot, um, and we 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 put our up our own money. Like John and I split the cost of the pilot together. Right. So okay. we got we we went through SAG. It was a SAG project, you know, Screen Actors Guild, and um. Mm-hmm. We did it that way. We shot the pilot, and then we we always knew that we were going to use the pilot to do a Kickstarter. So we did a Kickstarter. Uh, so we used the pilot and said, "Hey, this is you know this is what it looks like, and this is what we want to do." We had already written the the episodes, and so we just went on Kickstarter and um, launched the campaign. And can I just tell you, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done is to do a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, the, is, the promotion for Kickstarting that I understand they're really hard to do. It is insane. No, they can be aggravating. It can be really. It's it's was one of the most challenging things I've ever done, and you have to do it all the time, like twenty four seven. You have to post and do. And now with all the social media, I mean, all those crazy platforms, you know, you just mm-hmm. have to be. You have to be on it, and it's exhausting. <laughs> I think I I'm sure <laughs> I annoy people on Facebook to no end with my posts about the project and the Kickstarter campaign, but. You know, you we did it. We um, raised about thirty thirty grand on Kickstarter, oh. and uh, and is, then they is take. It still, is it still going on? Oh, it's is oh, the it was over. Campaign still going on. It's oh, no, okay. it's it, it was over. It was over last year, um, but uh, mm-hmm. it's actually still up there. You can you can go and you can find the page and because you know you have to make uh-huh. a video saying out telling about your project, so people can still go and learn right. about it. Um, it's just the campaign's over because once you meet your goal, you know, usually most people do a 30-day campaign. You can kind of set it as long as you want, but most people do 30 days. And then once, once you either if you hit your goal, you get the money. If you don't hit the goal, you don't get any money, and no one gets charged. Yeah. So, so uh, we did that. So we did the we got about 30 grand, and then Kickstarter, and then Amazon because Amazon processes the payments. They took about about 10% total, so we ended up about 27 grand. So we shot it for that. So of, well, okay. And, and of, the, of the six episodes, of the six mm-hmm. episodes, how many of uh, how many did you direct? I directed um, uh, five of them, and my oh, producer, okay. my producer, I let my producer direct one of them because my producer was actually was actually my producer at the time from my zombie. He was my producer on iZombie. Mm-hmm. So um, so he actually produced the web series uh, with me. And then, um, because oh, he nice. was just, mm-hmm. so he was doing so much for me, uh, and and he had directed before, and I said he, you know, I said, hey, do you want to direct one? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So, so I let him direct one, and um, and, uh, and but he's an awesome, five. yeah. And then I did the other five. You know, mm-hmm. I did the pilot, and then uh, I did the other five. And um, uh, John at that point had decided that he just kind of wanted to be, and just in the writing, he just wanted just was really more interested right, in writing. Uh-huh. So he kind of took a step back. And um, so I I handled all the production and post-production myself. And, um, so what, what so, did you like best about directing? Um, I, I probably uh, working with the actors. The, that's that's mm-hmm. my favorite. That's my favorite, favorite part is um, uh, just, just I really enjoy working with actors. I've always liked acting. I've done a little bit of it. <laughs> I'm actually in a horror movie called Crush the Skull, uh, which is on Amazon oh. and stuff. And so I've done a little bit of acting on the side, but um, I've always really enjoyed it, and I really enjoy working with actors and um, you know, especially really talented ones. And we got some really talented people for the project. And um, so it's probably the the thing I enjoy most is working with them and just seeing, you know, expressing my vision to them. Uh, and then watching as they bring something that I never saw to the character or, you know, or they have ideas yeah. that I didn't mm-hmm. think about. So it's kind of like you're discovering together. And when you just work with a really good actor who brings your words to life, like you never thought they could be so good, you know, or they save something mm-hmm. that you wrote that you really knew wasn't that great and they just make it into something great. It's just, it's the best feeling. 
mm-hmm. know, and you see it well, coming I've, I've together. Some, so. yeah, I've, I've done some I've done some stage acting, and I, I know what you mean about it's it's a partnership between the actor and the director. And you know, right. the director has a vision. Sometimes the director will come up with something that you know, me as an actress, I didn't even hadn't even considered. And then there might mm-hmm. be an interpretation that just, you know, falls into my head immediately. And the director likes it because, you know, he or she hadn't even considered it. So right. it, it goes back and forth where, you know, you're both creating, you're both working together to create something fabulous. And right. you know, it, it works out really well. You're both working for the same goal. You know, you're, you're both working yeah. to make it. And you kind of, and I really enjoy, I mean, the part of the biggest reward is, you know, when you write something and you watch, the actors perform in front of you and you see what mm-hmm. you wrote come to life and you see like, wow, like this is, this is actually happening. And that was part of the joy of just shooting. Cause we shot all the episodes back to back to back and we cross boarded the episodes, which means on any given day we were shooting up, we were shooting scenes from different episodes on the same day. So yeah. it was really tricky to keep track of like, okay, what are you wearing and what mm-hmm. happened before this? And where are we now? But when you see all that, when you see everything coming to life and you're, and then when you think it's good, you know, it's, it's that's the best feeling because you're like, wow, it's really working. Like it's really, it's really, you know, happening. Like yeah. it was good. It was good on the yeah, page yeah. and now mm-hmm. it's even better. And, and you see people enjoying the work and, and um, you know, uh, when you just, when you see it actually coming to life, I think that's the, for me, that's the biggest joy. Yeah. If it's something that I, if it's if something I noticed, that I really, yeah, I noticed sometimes. You know, Oh, go ahead. The, the, go ahead. That's the best. That's the best feeling when it's something that you wrote, and you see it, you see it come to life. You know, that's uh, amazing. The thing that I like was when there, there'll be days when everything was just crap, and then all of a sudden something gels <laughs> and it just works. Yeah. And it, yes. it, it, it's it's beautiful because it's a relief for one thing, <laughs> and also it, yeah. it's just uh, it, it's just good to see the art come to life. It is, and um, it's funny because there was one thing we shot uh, that when we were shooting it, it was just a disaster. It was the the location, it mm-hmm. didn't really work. Um, the scene wasn't working. Uh, it was really frustrating. We were pressed for time, and it, I just thought I was going to have to reshoot it, reshoot it for sure. Um, so the actors got together, and they kind of worked on it together. I let them work on it, and they, you know, they cut down the scene, and they, they changed it a little bit, and, like, we kind of changed, I kind of changed what I had in mind for it, and then now, after editing it together, it's one of my favorite scenes. So, you know, it, it's just, there are all these wonderful things that happen, you know, uh, from writing to directing to, to post, where, you know, you, you know, when you're editing, you basically get to direct again, so... Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a scene I, I totally hated and I thought I was going to have to reshoot. And now it's one of my favorite scenes, you know, because this, this wonderful things always happen. And when you're faced with a challenge, you know, and you have to make decisions really fast and be on your toes, yeah. like some, mm-hmm. some, that's when some of the greatest things come out, you know, when, when you don't get to what you don't get to do what you planned and then you have to change it. And then it turns out like, wow. And then so it ends up being happened. better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it mm-hmm. ends up being better when at the time it was a total disaster. Cause when I was shooting that scene, it was just a mess. It was, and I just, I was mm-hmm. so exhausted and just, I just thought it was a disaster. <laughs> and now it's not uh-huh. one of my favorite scenes. So it's great. Well, um, I wanted to ask you about script writing since, you know, you've done it yourself. So what are, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the best things for you as far as uh, script writing goes? What did you like best about it? Um, probably that, um, I get to create whatever I want. Um, you know, I don't have anybody telling me I have to do this or I, I, I can do this or, you know, um, and it's it's just kind of, you just get to, you get to put, you know, create these scenes and moments that, you know, that I want to see that, you know, my vision, whatever Mm -hmm. I think of, I can, I can make it happen, you know? I can I can write it and um, I don't know just telling a story I think you know you have to mm-hmm. you have to want to tell a story that's what, that's what it's about right mm-hmm. um, so well how, how uh, do you probably, time probably a script having that. sorry and how do you time a script as in how do you make sure that a script runs for you know fifty minutes or two hours I mean oh, how, how do you, you how do you know how how long it'll run well usually um, usually it's about a minute of screen time per page. So, okay. you know, you can, so, you know, most screenplays, yeah, they're like between 110 and 120 pages if you're doing a feature. 
I mean, when you when you write mm-hmm. for TV, TV is different, of course. Short, but if you're writing a short film, you can say, you know, if you write eight pages, you're probably looking at you know eight to ten minutes uh, mm-hmm. of screen screen time, depending on what's on the page. You know how how you know if you have a lot of scene direction or whatever. It's uh, it depends. But mm-hmm. it's generally the rule that's, is about yeah. That's a one thing I always wondered about, about was, was about a minute. Script. About a minute per page. Yes, yeah, about mm-hmm. a minute per page. Yeah. So, okay. That's, yeah. that's good to know. So you can you can you can estimate <laughs> mm-hmm. how long the uh-huh. thing is going to be. Again. So what are some of the negatives of script writing? What 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 about it would drive you nuts on occasion? <laughs> the biggest I think the biggest challenge at least for me is 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 also the the greatest thing. I can write anything. Uh, but then that's also a big, a big negative. Like I can write anything, mm-hmm. I can make anything happen, and so when you have no rules, really, you know, it sometimes you struggle to to figure out what to do because you can make anything happen. There's so many options. It's like you know, how do you get started? I think for me, that's my yeah. the biggest the biggest challenge for me is actually getting to write. It's actually sitting down and actually getting into it. Once I'm into it. I'm good, but it's actually starting. It's just starting because you're looking at that blank page, and you can mm-hmm. you can write anything you want. And there's so many options. It's really tough to narrow it down and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, you know, or I'm going to do I'm going to write this scene. Or so th- I think that's one of the biggest challenges is is because you you just can write anything. That it's you're 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 not limited by anything really. So. Um, unless you know you're making it yourself, and then you go, oh, I have a small budget. So then that it kind of helps you because you're like, well, I can't do write this big action scene. It's got to right. start here, yeah. or you know, like. So, but when you're just writing to write, um, you know, you, you can come up with any character you want. You can come up with any location. So how do you do it? Where do you start? How do you make that decision on where I'm starting? So sometimes I find that to be a big challenge, just because it's a blank page you're looking at. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, you have so you know. Sometimes it's better whenever when you're in a scenario, any kind of scenario, and you only you can either do A, B, or C, and you got to pick one of them. You know, but when mm-hmm. you have maybe C, D, F, G, you know, it's it's tough to. I find it tough to just decide on. Okay, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, where am I going? Where is? What am I? You know, I've got so many options. Ah, you know, you go crazy because. You know, it's just so open, and you you feel like mm-hmm. you're gonna pick the wrong thing, you know. And that's the thing you can't be afraid. You just kind of have to go and and not be afraid, and don't. It's not gonna be perfect the first time you write. You know, you just want to get stuff on the page in the beginning. You just want to get something mm-hmm. down. You just want to get your mind flowing. So you just you know you just have to tell yourself, you know what? It's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. It's not gonna be perfect, you know, because I'm kind of a perfectionist, so it's even harder for me. I have to allow myself to say, you know, this these first ten pages might be crap, and that's okay, you know. But at least I'm starting, and then you know stuff will spring out of that crap. So you have to just go. You have to allow yourself that freedom to say, you know what, I'm just going to write, and mm-hmm. you know, and we'll see what happens. And, yeah, that's a, you know, know, I've noticed the same but, thing just writing fiction is that sometimes the wildest ideas yeah, just come out of nowhere, and if you hadn't just plowed right. through. And you know, written whatever it was that was coming into your head, you never would have gotten to that point. So you know, exactly, an idea that exactly. comes to you, you, you can't plan these things. You know, they they just they just pop into your head. Exactly. Um, and yeah, because you know, I've never written uh, a you know a book or a novel or anything, so you know that world. But um, you know, yeah. for screen at least, I, I find that you know you have to be you, you can't be afraid to just write whatever and if it's junk that's okay you know at least you're going, mm-hmm. you're starting you're starting the process you're getting your mind going you know and then and, and but something usually springs mm-hmm. out of that you know yeah i mean we john and i rewrote the new 30 a billion times i mean we rewrote you know we wrote a whole episode and decided like oh man this is just not working you know and we had to start over i mean you just it that happens and you just have to be, you know, you just constantly think of new ideas. You'll get new ideas, and you'll go, oh, what if we did this? And, like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, you just have to allow yourself, like, hey, it's okay. You're not going to be perfect, and that's fine. You know, no mm-hmm. one's a perfect writer. Okay. So, um, you, know, okay. you have to give well, yourself um, you have to you have to okay. back, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I wanted to talk a bit about iZombie and your work as a, a supervising sound editor. First, um, I would like you to give a brief uh, description of the show. And second, <laughs> how did you get into sound? 
And there right. is such a thing as a brief description of iZombie. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, it's just, a, it's just when, you t- when you pitch it to somebody, it sounds crazy. The little, co- you know, it sounds mm-hmm. kooky and, and, and stuff. But I tell people, I say, watch this show. Please watch this show because it's really a great show. Um, it's, it about, uh, it's about a woman who uh, was working as a hospital and then she uh, in Seattle. And then she um, goes to this uh, party on this boat and then she gets um, – she gets scratched, like some people, these, these people on the boat, like they're taking drugs and they're drinking this energy drink, and the the those two things combined to kind of turn them into zombies, and she got scratched, and so she got turned into a zombie. But the zombie that she is, basically, all the zombies, like they they can exist. They're just kind of normal. They're like people, yeah, except they're, they're high, you know, they're high like functioning they, zombies. Yeah, they're high yeah. functioning zombies. They're just kind of normal like everyone else, except they're they have to dye their hair and they eat brains. get a tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah get a tan, mm-hmm. and then she has to eat brains, uh, you know, to stay to stay functioning. Yeah. And, um, and but now you she works know, at the coroner's right? office. Yeah, she does work at the so she, right. She got a job at mm-hmm. the coroner's office so she can eat the brains. But what happens when she eats people's brains is that she gets their memories. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, usually it's someone was murdered, and then she works with this uh, detective in the Seattle Police Department to help solve the murders. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's kind of like you know, crime of the week kind of thing. Um, yeah. But so it's but the show is very funny. Um, it's very humorous. It's not like Walking Dead. You know, it's not it's not very horry. Um, but it's a really about relationships. The show is really about yeah. just human relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're ongoing storylines of the relationships between the characters. So, um, but the, so the zombie thing is just kind of a fun way to get you in. Um, but it's such a, it's such a well-written show. It really is. It's, it's, it's just, oh, it it's is. Funny. I'm, I'm enjoying it very. I, I, I've been yeah, watching it since I mean, season one, and I've been enjoying the hell out of it. It's really clever. So how, how did I'm, you come to work on the amazing. show? So um, how did well, you come to work on it? So I got. Um, well, if I can back up a little bit, when when yeah. uh, when I was doing Immortal, when we were doing post production at that time, I didn't know anything about post production. I didn't know about sound. I didn't know about picture. I didn't know about anything, and we knew that we needed. To, we needed certain sounds in the movie effects. So Steve and I had done all this recording of uh, sound effect stuff in his kitchen, and I kind of fell in love with the doing it. Um, it was called Foley. It's called mm-hmm. Foley uh, when you record yeah, sounds. Yeah. It's called Foley, basically. So um, so I kind of fell in love with that. And when I came out here, um, I got ne- I was able to network with some family friends to a sound production facility, post-production, and I started hanging out there because I really liked sound. I really I just really enjoyed it. And uh, so I started hanging out there, and then eventually they offered me a job as a runner at this sound place, and so I started there. So I started way back um, a long time ago <laughs> as a runner, and then I just kind of worked my way up. So that's how I got involved with sound. Um, and at one time I thought I was going to do Foley. I was going to be a Foley artist. Um, but um, anyway, so I started, uh, I, you know, I started working for a company, um, one of the sound companies, and then you know when when you I worked my way up to a supervising sound editor, and then you know they pitch you for shows. So once you kind of work your way up, um, they pitch you know they they pitch you to clients for this TV show or this show or this movie or whatever. So I just kind of started there, and I, I the first show I did was actually Law and Order Special Victims Unit. I did the first oh. season. I did the very first season of that show. That was my first job as a on a show. Um, then well, I did quite a the, job. Then, then yeah, and then I did Felicity, the last season of Felicity. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did the show called The District, which was on CBS with Craig T. Nelson, and that ended up to be that last season of that show. Is weird. I hit a lot of last last seasons, but um, anyway, so I I got the job on Veronica Mars, um, uh, TV show, and so the creator of Veronica Mars, his name is uh, Rob Thomas not the Matchbox 20 singer, uh, but the other Rob Thomas. <laughs> and so I've worked with Rob since Veronica Mars, and he's a great guy, and he's very loyal, uh, you know, which I appreciate because he, whatever project he has, he always comes back to me to do all the sound for him. So I'm very lucky um, that he 
you know, is a lo- really loyal guy and is extremely kind and extremely creative and um, trust me, you know, which is amazing. Uh, and so I do, I do all of Rob's projects. So when Rob got a, d- developed a zombie, um, he came back to me. And so that's why I'm doing the show. So, oh, well, that's pretty um, cool. So that's, well, one that's thing, it. One thing yeah, I like about the show is, um, well, one thing I read about the show, about the brains especially, is that they taste really nasty. So I'm just really curious. What are the brains made of? I think they would. <laughs> oh, are they like gelatin or? Yeah, I think they're I think they're like a gel, just a gelatin gummy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jello. And one of the neat things about the show for no one who watches it is is um, every time she eats brains, she creates some kind of special meal. So they have a there's a little montage yeah. of Always there's a little montage sauce. of her as much hot some, sauce yeah, as possible. Exactly, <laughs> you have to put hot because zombies need hot sauce to have any flavor. But so she always makes yeah. some kind of some kind of little meal with brains. <laughs> and it's and you know like mm-hmm, a taco, mm-hmm. a taco, or it's a pancake, or it's a souffle, or something. Yeah, so they yeah. always, have this, always have this neat little um, uh, montage of her doing this. And uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so the but I'm pretty sure the brains are are made of some you know just gelatin stuff. I think I I asked well, uh, that, Rose that, after I our, after I. Well, after I read that they taste horrible, every time I watch the show and she has to eat the brains, I watch her face to see if she can keep a straight face oh. and not gag. Because I heard she's Rose, really awful. Rose is a great <laughs> actress, uh, and she's no, amazing. Yeah. You'll never see you'll never see her great character. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, but everybody's uh, everybody's super nice. I get one of the great things about for me working in town is I get to work with the actors. Um, you know, I got, yeah. they, they have to they have to do ADR, which is where they re-record their lines um, in post-production, or they'll re-record or they'll record new lines. And they they shoot in Vancouver, mm-hmm. Vancouver. so usually um, they're in Vancouver and I'm in LA, and we'll get connected, you know, through computer magic. Uh, but I'll always uh, what I like doing uh, I like skyping with them uh, while they're doing the the lines, so that way we can see each other. Um, and talk to each other, and and I think that makes a world of difference because usually usually you're just mm-hmm. on a you're just like you and I are right now. We're just hearing each other's voices. We're not seeing each other. So um, right. But I but I like to when when an actor is out of town, I like to also Skype at them. That way they can see me. They can see how mm-hmm. I'm saying something. It just makes you know it makes communication a lot better when you're trying to it explain makes it to them easier. Yeah, you need to have yeah, the, well, the visual. Yeah, to get the right, visual cues. Because, well, you're there because they're looking at picture. You're looking at picture, and you're synced together. Like you're hooked up through a computer line, so you know you're in the same. You're looking at the same. You're watching the show, and you're you're seeing everything. But instead of just hearing my voice come through a disembodied voice through the line, telling them to do it this way or do this, they actually mm-hmm. we can see each other, and that just you know that connects you. Um, so um, I like doing that. But they're all the actors are really, yeah. really awesome people, and it's a f- super fun show. It's not even like work. It's I treasure the job. Well, it it, it sounds like it would be fun to work on. I mean, uh, well, are there any? I, I remember there were a couple. Of, I think it. I can't remember which show it was, but uh, are there any practical jokers on the set or anything like that kind of stuff that goes on? I've I heard of some uh, shows where that sort of thing would happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are. I mean, I'm you know they shoot up in Vancouver and I'm in LA, so I'm never on, mm-hmm. on set. Yeah. Um, but uh-huh. um, I mean, they'll they'll in ADR sessions. You know, some of them, some of the actors will talk about stuff. But mostly everybody is is really you know really super talented and funny and um, mm-hmm. you know they seem to have really good relationships. The actors together. Mm-hmm. So um, and if you go on Instagram or whatever, and, and follow some of the actors. I mean, a lot of them, put, but, you know, they're really funny. They're really funny people. But I imagine that happens. Uh-huh. Well, have you had an opportunity to write any of the scripts? And if not, would you like to? That would be a fun <laughs> well, show to I'm, write for. Well, that would be a blast, isn't it? Yeah. Since yes? I'm in... I'm sorry, can you hear me? Hello? Yes? Hello. Still there? Hello. Somebody's on the line. Oh, yeah, oh go somebody. ahead. Just. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, so well, since I'm in sound, 
I do not work on the writing staff. So uh, I do not have anything to do with the scripts. Um, but um, I don't know. I I, uh, I don't know. I don't really have that much of an interest in writing um, that kind of show. Um, I think it's not really my forte. Um, mm-hmm. Although I although I love the show, it's really funny. Um, but I think I enjoy. Um, uh, you know, uh, like move, move more like films, movies, and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, I mean, it'd be fun. It would be a good challenge to sit down and, and write a script, uh, on a zombie script, you know. Um, but um, definitely not. You know, I mean, the scripts are so good. The, the writers are so good. Um, mm-hmm. It would probably be no, the scripts are fantastic. It would probably be a tough challenge. Uh, Mm-hmm. To write, to write, to write the way they do. Um, I mean, I'm not. I think you have to have that. You have to have those that certain capability. I mean, it's just a certain style of show. Um, but uh, but I don't know. It'd be a good challenge. Um, but I enjoy I enjoy the the post production part of it. I enjoy working with the actors and working with the. I get to work with the you know executive producers and the editors, the picture editors, and I kind of get to do a lot of cool things, uh, being a, a supervising sound editor. So, um, and I, I like, I, I kind of like writing my own stuff more, you know, at, mm-hmm. at least at this point, but you know, if you're going to, okay. if you're going to be a writer, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a writer, that's a whole different path. You know, that's a, that's a yeah, completely that different be. path. And if you want to write for television, you, that's a whole different, you know, that's a whole different area than mm-hmm. I went to. That's a whole different, yeah. That's a whole different, that's a whole different monster. Of getting to be a writer, if you well, want to be a writer, okay. yeah. yeah Elizabeth, well, I have, Elizabeth? I have, yes. Hello. Can you, oh, it's Marsha. I'm trying. I was trying to get into the oh, show. Hi, Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I just I wanted to you. say this was such a good show. Absolutely terrific. Oh, thank you. And, yeah. Well, you know what? Marsha Casper Cook. She also does some podcasts. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've worked with her before. I, I am. I'm World of Ink Network. I am. I am. World of I don't know what I am half the time, but everything you said. I'm a screenwriter too, but it was just great. And I'm gonna push this show out because you addressed everything that all these lot of authors and screenwriters oh. need to hear. It was oh, so wow. good. Oh, thank you. Oh well, thank and, you. You know yeah, everything. Thanks, you touched every really point. Cool. Yeah, and it was really good because you know they really need to know this how hard it is. And I've been doing this for like twenty years, so I know it's really hard. It's so much different yeah. than it was. And everything yeah. you said was great. So it was. Oh, it's wow. great that you were on the show. And I, I, oh, I just had a comment. I'm trying to figure out how to call in because I didn't. I'm not on my computer. I'm thinking like I have to get in the show. And I always tell Elizabeth, I'm just going to listen. Don't let me in the show. So <laughs> you know, I, and <laughs> I couldn't get in the show because <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. But I just I had to say this because it's so. I mean, it was everything was just great what you said. And I think really people have oh, well, this thank is you. a message that works out great for people because oh, you've covered it all. Here. It's oh, well, hard. So it's much. so hard. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. It is. Well, yeah, thank it is. you. And it's nice oh, to well, meet you. you. Yeah. Go ahead. Do, finish the show, but I just had to say it. I just had okay. to say I'm going to yeah, hang up now. Okay. Now. Have a good weekend. Uh-huh. Have okay. a good weekend. <laughs> okay. You too. Have a good weekend, Marsha. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, and anyway, we're uh, we're now out of time. So, um, Walt, uh, okay. you know, just uh, tell everybody where we can find you, like on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, when is iZombie on, so people know when to watch it. So, okay, um, well, on uh, Facebook I, I, and Twitter. Sure. Uh, well, Facebook, I'm just uh, I'm just Walt Bost, uh, B-O-S-T, um, Walt, like as in Walter. And my real name is Walter, but I don't like Walter, so I go by Walt uh, mm-hmm. and Bost, and you just find me there. Um, I'm on um, Instagram actually as Mr. Burns 35, which is M I S T E R B U R N S, the number 35. Uh, from my when I used to watch The Simpsons. Um, I'm actually I'm on Twitter, but you know I'm really not on Twitter. I actually oh, I, just, okay. I really I'm really not a big fan of Twitter, so I I'm on it, but I rarely tweet. Um, and then the New 30 has a Facebook page. So if you go to uh, Facebook and just write in the new 30 and it's the, the number mm-hmm. 30, um, they can find that there or connect it to my page. Um, and then I'm still working on the website. I'm still updating the website. So 
um, mainly just Facebook and Instagram. And then the New 30 has an Instagram page as well. It's called, it's called the New 30 oh, Series. So they can find me there. And then iZombie's on right now. You can watch the first two seasons, I believe, on Netflix and I think maybe on Hulu too and on the CW app. If you're uh, streaming, uh, you can use the CW app to watch iZombie. I highly recommend it. And the fourth season, um, they're starting production soon, and I'll start working on that in September for the fourth season. So yeah, that, um, it's, it's a very, great, very it's a great show. Yes. It's an awesome show. And Oh, and I'll just give a plug for my – I'm working on a Netflix show right now called Lady Dynamite, which is this crazy, crazy comedy, funny, kooky show. The first season's on Netflix already, but we're working on the second season. But uh, if you want to check out Letty Dynamite, um, it's an it's a awesome, awesome show. So one of the producers is the guy that did Arrested Development. So, um, oh, God, show. that's going to be good then. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, it's a well, nutty like show, to, but anyway. Yeah. But thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank really you for amazing. being on the, on the show with me. Yes, it, it was thank a lot you. of fun and very yeah, informative. Yeah, it's been great. Oh, well, I hope so. And it's going to be uh, great getting to talk yeah. with you again after so many years. I know, after so long. It's, am- it's amazing. Uh, I'm so glad you uh-huh. found me. And, yeah, it's a small and, world. It is, and um, but we'll definitely you know keep in touch. And um, I appreciate you um, letting me on your show. And it was, it was great to go down memory lane. And you know, um, it's been a it's been a real fun uh, time. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, and, and you know, enjoy your weekend. All right. You too. All okay. Right. Okay. Bye bye.